0: A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some father beans and a nice candy. You, 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 choose me? I choose violence. Come on, let's get in the character. <laughs> Long-awaited episode 301 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Gray. Hope you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. We are here in the Pat Cave of Magenta Manor, broadcasting to you on the Dorkening Podcast Network, and brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Uh, I am here, of course, not by myself. I am here with my co-host on the show, and my co-host in life, she is... <gasps> the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the Queen Regent of Rosé, the Princess of Prosecco, the Viceroy of Vignoles, and some some other things that I can't remember. Uh, but she is also the Michael Phelps of Wine, the Queen of the Monsters, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, and an honorary Lizzie. Ladies and gentlemen, Ashes of a Nightmare. That's some
1: bad hat, Harry.
0: Yeah, it's that's, that's some bad hat, Harry. Um... Yeah, they used to play that at the end of uh, uh, House episodes.
1: Well, because Bad Hat Harry
0: was the production company. No, not House. Was it House or Lost? It was House. All right. I wasn't sure if it was House or Lost. Lost was
1: Bad Robot. Well, I know it
0: was Bad Robot because of uh, Jar Jar Abrams, but I thought there was also something else. Uh, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, Bad Hat Harry, and that's from the scene in, uh, in the original Jaws where... Harry comes up and says, we know all about you, chief. You don't like the water. And then Brody looks at him and goes, that's some bad hat, Harry, and walks away. Um, But yeah, that has a a tangential tie to uh, what we're going to be talking about today. uh, Because we are known for tangents that tie into... What we're going to talk about.
1: We're also known for tangents that don't tie in, but it's just uh, it's just a nice coincidence when they do.
0: Yeah, it's nice when it works out like that. But uh, we, we makes us seem like professionals, right? Except we don't. Professionals get paid. We don't get paid yet. Yet aspirations, right. kids. Yep. Uh, it's only been three hundred episodes. I we're, have we're, a dream. We're getting there to
1: get paid to paid do to this. Podcast. Oh. And me, he's a podcasting doozer.
0: Yeah, we got we got uh, doos
1: we, all the podcasting stuff. Yeah, so life has been crazy. I've been sick. I've a been lot of in stuff Western has been Mass. happening. Um, so hence hence the delay of episode three hundred one. Yeah, but, we uh,
0: we really scrambled to get three hundred done. But we are we are
1: back and we will be here because it is spooky season, cats and kittens, ladies and gentlemen theydies and ladies
0: oh we have uh theydies and gentle thems
1: yeah yes yeah even better There we go um
0: uh, we, we have some really oh, cool stuff yeah. that
1: we're in the process of planning for spooky season. So just you wait. But we're going to kind of kick off this Halloween season. and Yes, it is Halloween season already.
0: Well, well I've been, It's like
1: Halloween Eve.
0: Well, I've been posting uh, whenever people are like, oh, it's pre-Halloween. I'm like, there are only two seasons, Halloween and pre-Halloween. Those are the only two states in which I exist. Halloween and pre-Halloween. That's it. Because if it's not Halloween, it's just a countdown to Halloween.
1: But you know, I really, I really love this time of year, like the build up towards October and all of the spooky stuff and all of the fabulous ferociousness.
0: Well, it's not just that. It's like in the Calvin and Hobbes cartoon where he talks about how he loves fall because bugs are dying by the truckload. Well,
1: I mean that too. Yes.
0: <laughs> so, like, there's multiple benefits. Um, yeah, the cat's yelling at us for some reason. Well, her name is Zombie, and she wants to be spooky. So, But yeah, you you know how we've been the last several years, where we're like, we're going to start spooky season in September, and we've been starting earlier and earlier. Next year, it's going to start in May. So, <laughs> uh, But we wanted to, uh, to start with... We both had a first-time experience with a classic. Doesn't
1: happen often. No first-time experiences for the both of us. So
0: last weekend, uh, Labor Day weekend, we went out. On Saturday, and we saw three movies. We saw Three Thousand Years of Longing. We saw Bullet Train, uh, both of which I think we'll be talking about at some point once the spoiler moratorium um, lifts.
1: Both fantastic characters in each film, uh, worthy of being discussed.
0: Yeah, Three Thousand Years of Longing. uh, I would a million percent recommend that. Uh, It's probably up there with one of. You'll you'll hear this again in both of our top five, top ten lists uh, of films this year. Uh, But one of the other things we got to do, uh, and I've seen a lot of people were able to do this as well. We went out and saw Jaws in 3D, which I've never seen Jaws in the theater. I've never seen Jaws in 3D. Uh, But we went out and uh, it was a fun experience because we went to the theater where they bring you food. And the folks in front of us, uh, one of them had never seen Jaws before, and you could tell by how much he was jumping and yelling. you know,
1: and that uh, really uh, attests to the fact, it's a, a, uh, the fact that this film holds up.
0: Almost 50 years later.
1: You know, the fact that this film is so old at this point, it's considered a classic.
0: 47 years
1: old. You know, um, but somebody watching it for the first time and how fantastic was that this person is watching it for the first time in 3D in the theater getting this really immersive uh, experience and they apologize so, to us yeah yeah they, they turned like, no, it on no, no, afterwards no. when all the lights came back on and stuff like that and they're like oh we're sorry if we we're so loud I was like it's okay I'm like you know as Patsy and I are sitting there quoting it constantly throughout the entire film trying not to be loud ourselves mm-hmm. um, you know and you could hear whispering of other people doing the same thing at different times. It was just it was just a fantastic experience to be in a theater that's full of fans. You know, but to have your first time experience
0: seeing jazz in the like, theater. He was like, yeah, it was 3D. my first
1: time seeing it. It's like it's your first time seeing it. Like, and he was that's like, awesome. yeah. And it was almost like when he, when he responded, it was like a, almost like a, an embarrassed response like, yeah. I'm like, "Oh my, I'm like congratulations, you know, yeah, like, like this is huge I, getting I, to I see it." I was almost uh, I was almost jealous. The fact that his first-time watch was in the theater like that.
0: Well, and what's wild is I was reading an article. uh, This was the number eight movie in America over the weekend.
1: A lot of people went to see it. A
0: lot of people, because it had never been released in 3D. It had never been released, uh, you know, like, you thought it was like an anniversary. But it's like, no, it came out in May. But Labor Day weekend, 3D, like, people were... Itching to get back to the movies, you know, we do the AMC uh, A-list, so we get the three movies a week because we're going to do it Friday – and then do our three movies Saturday. When it's like, well, I really don't want to go out multiple times. Let's just go out once, and we'll see Jaws with those other two movies.
1: And they did a really good job. So, uh, kind of an aside, 3D. I am not the target audience when they're like, "Oh, come see it in 3D." Like, to be honest, like, I, I don't, I don't really it's because care because you're
0: a cyclops. and For 3D the, is lost on it's you. it's
1: just it's so difficult. The the ratio aspect, I just I can't do it. My glasses
0: it. aren't working.
1: Um, but it was cool to see it like that, and they did it a really good job with however, whatever they did, however they real did D. to to they
0: did the real D to 3D. remaster
1: the film to make it adaptable to three D. Like it was, it was really well done. And granted, you know, some scenes obviously didn't need it, but
0: but there was some cool the shark
1: stuff. scenes. Well, I mean, the puppy.
0: Well, I was thinking, like, even, like, some of the innocuous stuff that, like, you, you, you wouldn't think, like, when they're, uh, after they cut open the shark and they're out on the uh, on the water and they find Ben Gardner's boat and you see a little uh, sonar thing rotating, like, that was rotating, like, off the screen. I will say. That was kind of cool. Uh,
1: speaking of Ben Gardner, that scene where Hooper is down and, you know... It, Looking at the
0: looking the at the wreckage and the everything, bolt, yeah. and
1: all of a sudden, dead and bloated Ben Gardner just kind of floats out. Uh, that got me. I jumped.
0: I didn't jump. I jumped. Like, I that... knew
1: it was coming, obviously, but it's just the the impact of the three D. I jumped a little bit.
0: It does. It does definitely aid it, and you definitely tell with the
1: uh... and the shark when
0: come Brody down here and is shum out chumming the shark.
1: Yeah. And Bruce comes up to say, "Hey guys, thanks for feeding me." Uh, yeah, hey, that everybody, let's be friends. I, I mean, again knew it was coming, but the visuals and in that's when 3D, that, that guy yelled, "Yes, yeah, that yeah. was
0: awesome!" <laughs> but that got us thinking, like, uh, and we found out afterwards because uh, you were talking about, like, "Hey, let's cover Martin Brody," and we were going to have our our good friend Brody come on, but Brody and Anna Maria are at. My Chemical Romance. So, not able to. They're going
1: into the city to see a marching band.
0: We could have. We could have done it last night. However, I learned over the weekend that Ashes has never seen any Jaws sequels. And I couldn't wrap my head around that. Now. She was trying to say that it was my it was, fault. It,
1: it, it, whose fault is it that oh. I have not seen any Jaws sequels? Now, as an aside, remember, kids, who I live with. All right. Who do I live with?
0: Now, let's Patsy also- Patsy the Angry Shark. Let's also uh, get real here, because Jaws the Revenge came out in, like, 1989, Okay. Uh, We didn't start dating until 2009, so she had 20 years to watch this movie. I had no idea. It never came up in conversation. It was just assumed that she had seen all the Jaws Well, you know what happens
1: when you assume something.
0: Yeah. You uh, make an assumption. Yes. I'm aware. Yes. So So we watched Jaws 2 last night. Now- I have read all of the books. I've seen all the movies. Um, what is she getting? Hold on. I think on. there's a plastic bag over there that the cat is attacking because it, it was already full of holes and she was eating it. So I don't know what she's got, but she's got something over there, and she's trying to get our attention by being a brat, which is what cats do. Come but what I was saying is I've seen all the books. I've seen, read all the books. I've seen all the movies. There's three three uh, books. Or, there's the first novel by Peter Benchley that the other stuff, that the source material is based upon, and then there's the second movie, which is uh, got a novelization, and then Jaws the Revenge, which I was telling her kind of turns Jaws into a psychological uh, slasher, a supernatural slasher, because the shark essentially becomes, like, Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees. Which,
1: I mean, it seems... Like, such a far cry from what the original film
0: is. Right. But even the in the book, you get some semblance that the shark is planning and methodical. In some chapters and other chapters, it's just a shark doing what sharks do. But the second movie is based on the mate of the first shark.
1: Yeah, but how are you supposed to know that? Read the book. Because they don't say that in the film.
0: No, they don't say that in the film. And it also takes place years later. Like, they act like, oh, it's just, you know, the following summer or something. Because they're like, oh, do you think that the sound of a shark exploding could attract other sharks? And it's like, I guess. But, like, how long would this thing have waited? Like, this shark waited forever because in the, the kids, film it's
1: four years
0: and it's it's got to be longer well, than no, they years. but
1: they say four years because when bro, yeah. well we can talk about this in the discussion because it, it pertains to something that happens to Brody
0: right because we're going to be discussing Chief Martin Brody today because we already have we have discussed Quint uh, at a previous episode with our, our good buddy Alex DiVincenzo um, but we're going to be discussing Brody today But after seeing this sequel that she had never seen, um, we decided that for our getting into character question, which we're just getting around to 14 minutes in, uh, for our getting into character question this week, let's talk about movies that became franchises and never needed to become franchises. Um, Because the first one was so good. You know, obviously... Jaws is the first one that comes to mind because nothing came close to this original.
1: I mean, you know, the first film, just Jaws 1975, is such a Perfect film. I really put it up there with like the likes of like uh the thing, you know, as a, a yeah. solid film, a film that, you know, as as we've we saw you as know this close past weekend still holds up after all of these years, you know, uh can revisit it over and over again, never tire of it. Such a good story, could be relevant today
0: and it's one of those that it's while it spawns several sequels there's just no way you could remake it um you know
1: but the sequels as i'm learning as i'm watching through these sequels are so unnecessary
0: yeah the first one
1: jaws 2 is a whole bunch of b-reel and like maybe what 45 minutes of actual like story movie time
0: i watched this movie a couple of months ago and even at that point i think maybe because i i was playing video games at the same time i don't i don't think i ever realized how much like they extend the runtime with just
1: i can only watch kids playing on the beach teenagers playing volleyball apparently everyone's a sailor
0: you well they all live on an island um, you could have taken half an hour of that bullshit out, and
1: not affected the movie
0: at all. Right? Like the, not affected. The, the, the movie's story. almost just shy of two hours. It's like an hour fifty-six. It could have been ninety minutes. It could have been an hour, but you know you can't create a, a follow up sequel like that and have it be an hour. Yes, we just we took care of the cat. We were giving her attention. Now she's over there yelling at us again. So if those of you at home with cats, and especially if you do a podcast or, or you work from home or anything and you have cats and you know how needy they can be, they'll yell at you until you pay attention to them. But then they, you pay attention to them and they're like, I don't want you to pay attention to me. Then as soon as you put them down, they're like, Pay hey, attention you
1: put me, to me, but not like that. Why'd you
0: put me down? Pick me up. here. I, uh, yeah, I don't care for this. Put me down. Hey, why'd you put me down again? Yeah, that's, that's cats. Uh, I actually saw a funny Venn diagram earlier today. Uh, comparing cats to uh, laser jet, uh, or inkjet printers, which I thought was hilarious. But be that as it may, so we came up, uh, each of us with, you know, on the ride into work, like about a dozen different movies. And I've thought of a few more since then, because there are a couple that I'm cheating a little bit because they don't have a franchise, but they don't need to have a franchise. And I think there's a reason for that. Although in one Specific instance, there's no franchise, but I think the director. Well, I'll just say it The Abyss didn't need to be a franchise, could have been, you know, could have had a follow up, you know, like Starman had the TV series, uh, Alien Nation had the TV series. Uh, a lot of these, um, a lot of these movies back in the 80s and 90s had either TV series follow ups, MASH. Perfect example. Um, And then, or some of them even had cartoons. Like, it's very rare nowadays that you get R-rated movies turned into cartoons, you know. But we had RoboCop and Rambo uh, at the same time as The Karate Kid. But, yeah, The Abyss. James Cameron film from 1987. Uh, If you watched that or you're familiar with it already, you know that there's... uh, A lot of that technology gave birth to Terminator 2, the uh, liquid metal dude, T-1000. Never really needed a sequel, but I think uh, Cameron, after doing um, Aliens, which obviously was before that, um, I think Avatar is, is his way of making up for not doing any sequels for The Abyss.
1: I don't necessarily know that Avatar needs a a, a sequel.
0: Right. Well, I know that's, that's coming one. out
1: later on this year, and we'll probably. You know, I will see it, it because some point, but... someone I
0: worked with uh, already this year is very proud of her work on uh, on this one, and she you know she worked on this, she worked on X, and you know she did Avatar 2. so. And they spent several years doing it. So it's like, all right, I'll watch that to support you so you can continue to get work because she's really good at what she does. So we'll probably go see it. I think I've seen Avatar twice. Once was on our old 25-inch tube tv i
1: mean in maybe okay yeah and that was the only time i actually saw that film so maybe i need to revisit it on like i don't know modern technology yeah, television we, we the, the even, 4k television it, that we have i don't is that a 4k i think so
0: well, i know it's at least a 1080 i don't know anyways it's a it's a flat like n- the tvs that everybody has now the one that we watched it on was like one of those 25-inch tube TVs that weighed 650 pounds. Mm-hmm. That's not exactly the ah, right
1: memories. The right
0: uh, viewing platform for Avatar. That being said, I have watched it since then. It wasn't bad, but does it need, I don't know, how many sequels are they're planning? Maybe one or two? Maybe. Maybe make it a trilogy, but four or five? I don't know. Um, but what's one that you you had
1: Jurassic park
0: yes the first Jurassic park perfect
1: A- again up there with you know we've we've rewatched it's it perfect, within but... the past couple of years we went to um the drive-in to see it at one point it's that's where i saw it the first time in 93 like it still holds up i mean obviously there are some things that we know now about the dinosaurs
0: and, and there's and there's things, also in incons- you know, like how did the t-rex sneak up on them and get the raptors
1: right right but like you know for the most part the first one still holds up the acting is fantastic you know uh, the suspense is there it's a really great film all of these sequels that it's you know spawned especially the most recent trilogy of sequels like it it just it, it so unnecessary especially the most recent film it's especially you know and and I thought for sure that bringing some of the original cast on board for this film would save it in some way shape or form uh, I mean granted yes they were the best part but it, it it's not saying much like the the movie itself was just it was just it was just not good. I was really disappointed. You could
0: literally take all the dinosaurs out of it. Like the last Yeah, it, it the, had
1: nothing to do with the dinosaurs. There are 3
0: of the 6 films, 3 of them are good. The original, the third one because it finally got rid of the T-Rex is the king and the, the best and the and then distantly behind that is the first Jurassic World. Um, and then every, all the rest of them should have been left on the island to get blown up by the volcano from the second Jurassic world. Cause yeah, we'll, at some point we'll cover these characters. We'll have to rewatch all six of these and talk about these cause it'll be fun. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I'm going to go with, um, actually one that we kind of disagreed about. Uh, I said the original Friday the Thirteenth didn't need any sequels,
1: and I disagreed because I thought the uh, introduction of the Jason character in the second one, and obviously he took at over the, the franchise of,
0: at the very end of the first one too. Well, when he y- jumps out of the lake, y- y- yes, and but attacks like, Adrian King,
1: right? But he's more prominent in the second one. Like he's introduced as the Right, as the hulking
0: supernatural antagonist.
1: Antagonist, yes.
0: The hulking supernatural beings. Yeah. That's
1: what I do. I so, drink and I know things.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I could see both both sides of it. Um, another, oh, shit. What was it? Oh, Rambo. Rambo is what I talked about.
1: Yeah, the first one. The first Rambo the is amazing. The tone of the first one versus the tone of the second one. Two completely different films.
0: Rambo went from like two different stories, and we talked about this on the on, well, the, well, on the show right, a couple years ago, right? When
1: we, uh, when covered, we covered the character, John Rambo. yeah, because you know I wasn't expecting that first film to be what it was. I thought the Rambo films were just going to be big, dumb action films, and that's not what that first film was. That's what the franchise became. That's what the
0: next four are.
1: But that first film, you know, I flat out said I feel like I need to issue Sylvester Stallone an apology because i, I didn't I, I honestly didn't think he could act like that. Right. I didn't think he had the acting chops. I just thought you he was, also again, haven't seen Rocky, you know, thought he was a big, and, and yeah, we'll do that eventually. We'll get
0: to Rocky. At some um, point. You
1: know, I just thought he was a big dumb action star,
0: but yeah, he's, he's you know, and,
1: and I was impressed with that first one
0: and he wrote um, and directed it and you he know, has Oscars for that. And, so. But,
1: but the remainder of that franchise just, it was completely unnecessary.
0: I'll even, I'll, I'll go with Rocky as well. Rocky's another one that the first one is so good and the way it ends, uh, perfect. Like it's, it's great. Like there's no reason for it to have, it's realistic. Uh, there's no reason for it to, to have sequels. And like we said with Rambo, Rambo went from like 34 confirmed kills or whatever it was in the entirety of the Vietnam war to 72 confirmed. He doesn't kill anyone in the in the in Rambo in First Blood. He doesn't kill anyone. Like Art Galt falls out of the helicopter because he was leaning out of the helicopter, uh, and Rambo threw a rock to try and like get the guy to back off, and he fell out of the helicopter. That's not on John Rambo. That's Art Galt's fault. Gar- gar- bleh. Say that three times fast. That's his fault for leaning and trying to shoot and kill him. That's just karma. And then in the second one, he kills 72 people. Like he's dr- flying the helicopter just blowing the shit out of the uh POW camp, murdering the crap out of everyone, shooting the explosive arrows and shit. Like it's ridiculous. Like it's a total uh tonal change from the first movie to the second one. The first one's like, war is bad. Look what it did. Like, this guy has PTSD. Like, this is what veterans have had to deal with. Like, this is a real telling of this story. And the next one, it's like, ah, I'm an unhinged killing machine. Like, and it just gets worse from there. Like, you know, even Rocky's not that bad. Rocky is not that bad. That franchise isn't that bad. But again, that one didn't need any sequels. Like, it was perfect the way it is. Great message, great story. Everybody on the on the uh, cast got nominated for Oscars, was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Lead Actor, Best Supporting Actor. You know, everybody was getting Oscar nominations, and it won a whole shitload of them. So, I mean, there's no reason to build on that. But money
1: and and horror franchises are, or or should say horror films are infamous for becoming franchises because you know if that first film does well they want to milk every last cent that they can out of you know this this machine of you know making films um one that comes to mind is uh, a franchise that you've been revisiting recently and yep. that is saw That first Saw film is so good. That twist and the fact that, you know, upon rewatch... Every single thing is laid out for you. All you have to do is pay attention.
0: Yeah. and All the, the, of these the, clues. The thing I showed you, the, the, yeah, the like, still like, frame yeah, where I paused of,
1: it. Of, uh, he's in his he's hospital, in the hospital bed. The first know. time
0: they show him. Yep. He's got Lawrence Gordon's pen light in his fucking hand. And he's got the drawing of the reverse bear trap sitting in front of him.
1: But, but you know, nobody is paying attention to him. And a that's a quick, his point.
0: It's such a quick... Lincoln you'll miss it. Seemed. Right,
1: right, uh, because you you automatically write him off, you know. So you're not paying attention to him. You're paying attention to the other characters surrounding Lawrence that scene. Gordon, zap. Yeah. Uh, so I mean that that first film. You know, and again, upon rewatch, so good.
0: When he fucking so got good. up off the floor the first time I saw that, I was like, I,
1: right. I, I, I saw it with some I friends was, in the theater.
0: I was and Lee Whannell. the
1: Entire yes. I was yes. Lee Winell.
0: Like, holy shit! Like, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs>
1: like, it's just the the entire theater just erupted. Uh, it was it was so brilliantly done uh, only and and I say this with love because I actually really do love the Saw franchise Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part I mean like I think some of the films are great but they are so unnecessary that first film because they 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 fail to capture what that first film did
0: right it's very similar to like when you're watching when you have a
1: twist that's so
0: good the usual suspects yes you can't I mean you could make a franchise out of that I'm sure Stephen Baldwin would love the 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 whole
1: Kaiser Sose thing.
0: That twist at the end, like that's up there. the The saw twist is up there with the end of Usual Suspects. Like that's where that is. It's so good. But again, if you pay attention, like when Lawrence opens up the gun, there's no spent bullets. Like there's no spent bullets there. Like the chamber's is right. completely empty. The first bullet he, the bullet he puts in is the only bullet there. There would be a shell casing there if the guy shot and killed himself. Yeah. And no one paid attention to it because they're like, oh, how is he gonna shoot Adam? What's gonna happen? What's going on? Who is it, Zepp? Who's who's the Jigsaw killer? I bet they haven't shown him yet. Like because in 2007 when that came out, like that was, no, was it? It might have been a. Yeah, it was two thousand four, maybe. I have to look it up. Uh, Ashes is on I'm it. I'm on it. Uh, but when that happened, like it was, like wow, like this is fresh. Saw two thousand four. Two
1: thousand four. Saw yeah. two came out in two thousand five. Saw three came out in two thousand six. Uh Yeah. So it was.
0: Uh, it was one every year, and like they for really a while, had to. Yeah. The the first seven films they came out. It was four, five, six, seven. I eight, mean, nine, you and ten.
1: I went to see a couple of them in the theater.
0: Yep. Uh, well, we saw
1: the saw, saw eight. A, a jigsaw.
0: Yeah, saw eight because there's the final chapter, which was in 3D. Uh, that's the one where Jill Tuck died. Oh, and then
1: we watched the one. Uh, okay, so we didn't see that spiral. one. spiral. Uh, yes, we didn't see that one in theater. We watched no. that in the comfort of our home, thanks but we, COVID. But, but we uh, saw
0: uh, Jigsaw in the theater. Yes. But yeah, it was just like one after another after another. I mean,
1: which and don't get me wrong. I I enjoy it. it's like oh, it's you know, it's 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 October, it's Halloween, another saw film is coming out. Cool, great. You know, something something new to watch, but you know, uh the quality of the films went downhill.
0: Well, part After of it was second once one. James Wan and Lee Winnell left. Well, that's the thing. The second one was never a sequel. It was a script that they adapted to be a sequel. Like, there was never a sequel written, but someone came up with this, and they're like, let's make a sequel to Saw, because that did really well. And then they started expanding the mythology and the lore, and every movie came out, and that would retcon shit. But, like... He would also leave these breadcrumbs, like at the beginning of Saw 4, at the end of Saw 4, when Costas Mandalore is listening to the tape, like, like, oh, you think you'll get out of this untested? Oh, yeah, you know, just wait, like, and his test doesn't come until the sixth movie. Like, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. Obviously, by that point, they they had a formula. They knew what they wanted to do, uh, but again, it just you really just needed that one movie,
0: right? Like they didn't need it, but they did. At least they did well with the sequels you know, as a and another to just, thing
1: that uh, I I don't particularly care for is films that are given getting sequels, 10, 20 plus years after the fact.
0: Yeah, that was the other uh, thing we were talking like
1: about. Like The Craft. The Craft, the original Craft from the 90s. So good. Such a good movie. I love it. Uh the sequel which does have Farooza Balk in it at the end. It's a remake. Um, no, it's oh. a sequel. It is a sequel. Oh, terrible. Um you know, they they find a way to uh, tie it into the first film, and like I said, Fruzabalk is in it at the end of the fir- uh, of the of the second film, um, and everything kind of you know you kind of know. Throughout the film, you're like, oh, I think this is what's happening. Well, I this, mean, is, this is this, and then been... you know, but but it's just it was just so unnecessary.
0: Again, it's the trend it that we've been seeing the last few years. Like, take a sequel, a beloved uh, franchise. Well, it's
1: because everyone's and, hungry for nostalgia. Well, it's not
0: just that. It's sometimes it's the rights are about to go. We need to come up with something really quick so we maintain the rights for another X amount of years when we can reboot this. Hellraiser is completely. Uh, guilty of this, Hellraiser, Friday the Thirteenth, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, several of these other franchises, where it's like, oh, we're about to lose the rights to this. Let's make something. it Doesn't matter how bad or good it is. Let's just get something out there. And you know that's why you see so many franchises go to space.
1: We, they, you, are you saying they don't have the rights stuff? They
0: don't. Uh, <laughs> we're at the we're at the point though where. You know, we see the cat's back. We see uh, the trend is sequels forty years later, thirty years. You know, uh, ignoring all the sequels that happened and creating a new se- Halloween Terminator. I
1: will say though that uh, the the Halloween that came out a couple of years ago, eighteen. Yes, that one was actually pretty good
0: yeah and Halloween it ignores, Kills it was,
1: that came out what last ends. year no Halloween Ends comes out this, this year. year
0: okay all I think Evil Dies Tonight is the name of the movie In uh, 60% of the that value. one was
1: gar- you know and it had potential because they were bringing back a bunch of people from the other you know from, from the franchise at least
0: characters
1: yes but I mean scream did that too. Well, that's and scream a- is another one where that first film is so good. That first film is so good. You did not need to expand upon that at all. You know, uh Sydney Prescott is still the perfect final girl, you know, in that first film. You don't need to drag her along to every single film. Although, you know, I do have some some feelings about her not being in the upcoming Scream and that has to do with people deserve to be paid what they deserve to be paid. But yes. anyways, that is a, uh, that's a conversation for another day. Uh, but that first f- Scream film is so good, so good. And the Tremors other ones is another one. There's are just, eight of them. they just pale in comparison. Like the story just gets weird after a point. When, when
0: you get to a point and you come up with this great original idea and you're like, man, what a great, a- Tremors saw, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and then all of a sudden you have to make 60 of them because it's like oh it's a fresh idea people really liked it let's destroy this idea and destroy Wait, this instead of saying IP. hey people
1: responded really well to this idea let's come up with another idea I, you know a new idea people really like but new when you things. have a built
0: in fan base like and you be- I
1: know it's it's quick cash it's a cash grab well, it's I not understand just that, that. Like,
0: but now it's like you start to fatigue your audience I love Star Wars. I love the Marvel cinematic universe. I was just gonna say There's I'm very fucking fatigued much. by Marvel
1: right now. There's
0: two fa- like, we haven't finished Moon Knight, we haven't touched Miss Marvel, we haven't touched uh She Hulk, we haven't watched The Eternals. Oh, this
1: might be uh this might be uh like a
0: winter snow day thing that we do different
1: well i mean you know it's you know uh, a lot of people are loving this new stuff and i'm sure i will too when i get around to watching it but for right now i'm just so But i'm not
0: like oh my god i have to watch like kenobi had to watch kenobi
1: it's it's content fatigue
0: yeah i haven't watched we have so much star wars rebels clone wars
1: being thrown in our faces and shoved down our throats constantly. And with all of these streaming services coming up with new stuff, you know, it's, it's difficult to keep up with everything.
0: Yeah, there's just too much and... You know, we're we're stuck behind, so...
1: So, uh, unless they come up with devices where we can watch stuff in our sleep. Maybe I just won't sleep. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Anyways. That's not
0: how sleep works. But anyways, let's... uh, We're we're at about 40 minutes at this point. We haven't even touched our main topic of conversation. So, let's stop there, and let's start... uh, We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be discussing uh, Martin Brody. Chief Martin Brody. Uh of Jaws 1 and Jaws 2. So we'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, You don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. You heard
1: him? Slow ahead!
0: ahead. I can go slow ahead. Come on down and chump some of this shit. You're
1: going to need a bigger boat.
0: And we are back. That was, uh, Maybe my my favorite sequence in the movie. Slow ahead. I can go slow ahead. Why don't you come down here, chum some of this shit, and then the shark jumps out at you. Oh, so good. And that's what freaked out the guy. Fun
1: fact, you're going to need a bigger boat. Totally ad-libbed by Roy Scheider.
0: Yeah, which is uh, one of the better ad-libs.
1: Well, I mean, it's 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 the most iconic line of the film.
0: It's also... uh, Also, one of the most misquoted, usually it's, we're going to need a bigger boat, and it's your... And then, like, because he says it, like, three times, um, you know, throughout, like, that sequence. But, yeah, so Martin Brody is uh, a former New York City policeman who ends up in Amity. Amity means friendship. As you know. Um but it's only an island if you look at it from the water, which is another pearl of wisdom from drunk Brody. So there is, uh, there is a theory that about why he had to leave New York, but we'll get to that after. Um, so Brody is a uh, married father of two, Michael and Sean. Um, his wife is Ellen, and he is the chief of police. Uh, on Amity Island, a summer island. This is his first summer there, so he's still relatively new to the island, although everybody knows him, to kind of give you the idea or the impression that this is a very small, close-knit community where there is uh, a pretty well-established bureaucracy in place already.
1: Well, you know, and it was filmed on Martha's Vineyard, and... It definitely has I mean, because it was filmed on the Cape, it definitely has the vibe of being Cape Cod.
0: Well it it's one of those like like when uh you know, Larry Vaughn, the mayor, who somehow is still the mayor in Jaws Two Choices uh, explains that if people can't swim at their beach, they'll go to Cape Cod. Like Amity's supposed to be New York. Like it's not the Cape. Well, it's like, it's
1: New England. It's not necessarily the Cape. It's not. It's just uh, it's you, off at the, the coast. On
0: Amity, you say Yad. Um, it's like, oh, the kids are in the backyard. It's like in Amity, you say Yad. The kids are in the yard, not too far from the car. Uh, so it's. But it's not the Cape. It's just an island somewhere. Well, and it's
1: because they didn't want any uh they don't want any negativity potentially right. uh, you know, being associated with an actual place. If it's a fake place, then Right, Amity you know, Island it's... isn't
0: a real place. It's just Yeah. So I have uh it turns out and I found this out recently. I have been to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, when my mom was pregnant, she went to that Martha's Vineyard. Doesn't
1: count. I was
0: physically there.
1: But were you? I was. Were you? I was.
0: I. Do don't you rem- remember it? I was going to say I don't remember it. But if I was a year old, two years old, I wouldn't have remembered it either. So, either way, but I was quiet and well behaved, and I didn't disturb anyone. That's a first. That's a first. I did it for nine so I was months. Gonna didn't say, care that for was it. A- and that was the last time. Didn't care for it, and uh, ever since then, I've got a lot to say. So I like to share it with everybody. That's why we've done over 300 episodes now. Uh, but Martin Brody is uh, new to this town. He doesn't understand quite how the dynamics work. He's happy to be in a small town where one man can make a difference, which he uh, explains to Matt Hooper when he's uh, after he's had essentially a bottle and a half of wine. Um, Martin hates the water, we don't know why It's never really explained Um, But book Martin and and, uh, movie Martin are very different Um, In the book his wife and him have a terrible relationship and she cheats on him every chance she can get with Matt Hooper uh, because she dated Hooper's brother in high school and during the shark attack scene uh, when Hooper's in the cage, Brody has a chance to save him, but he's like, hey, you've been banging my wife. Oh, no, you're dead. Oh, oh, what happened? Oh, oh no. If only someone could have saved you. Oh, oh what a bummer. Man. Oh, oh. Um, So he's, the theory is, and we see this throughout both films, that he is uh, a terrible alcoholic.
1: I prefer the term alcohol enthusiast.
0: Yeah, but hes he is... And
1: he is very enthusiastic. I mean,
0: we see in the second one when he gets fired for daring to suggest that there's another shark, which we all know there is. Um, what? Yes. Um, when he goes to give his wife a ride the next morning to work, uh, there's a dozen beer cans outside of the truck where that he had been driving. Um, when they get back to uh, celebrate Hendrick's promotion, you know, by virtue of he's the only other cop in Amity, um, he pours whiskey and he pours himself essentially half a glass and he downs that. You know, it's like at the scene where uh, after Alex Kittner's mom slaps him, um
1: that was a real slap by the way too. Oh yeah. Oh she, she couldn't got him. she couldn't master the art of the fake slap, so she really slapped him and it took like 17 takes. He saw. Uh, yeah, uh he said it was the most painful scene he's
0: ever filmed. Well, Cuz it was the same spot over and over and over. Um And I'm sure her hand didn't feel great either. But he was drinking heavily that night. You know, what does his wife say? You want to get drunk and fool around? Like all they do is drink. All he does is drink. Well,
1: you know, so uh, to play devil advocate here, though, I mean obviously he's a uh, he's an amity transplant. Now, we've been to Cape Cod during the off season during the off he's not season, an islander.
0: You have to be born here to be considered an islander.
1: During the on-season, obviously, it's really busy and everyone's really busy. Everything's buzzing. You know, there's a lot to do. It's really fantastic. In the off-season, it's pretty dead. So what do people do? And we've had people say this to us. Oh, there's nothing to do. All we do is drink,
0: Well, there's plenty you can do. You don't have to just sit around drinking all the time.
1: we've been to, like, we've had several people who work there year-round, who live there year-round, say that to us.
0: Right. I don't consider myself a tourist because that's where my mother and my grandparents are from. Like, my mother grew up and went to high school at Nosset High. Go Warriors. Um, You know, like, I spent so much of my life on the Cape... Like, I don't consider myself a tourist, because...
1: It's like a second home.
0: I've I've gone there all all times of the year. If you lived
1: here, you'd be home already.
0: I don't want to live on the Cape, uh, because I would have to leave between Memorial Day and, and Labor Day, because I could not deal with that. I hated being down. The last time I tried driving home from the Cape... It took me 45 minutes to go a tenth of a mile, coming down on, back to the Rotary, where, uh, well, it used to be a Dunkin' Donuts, now it's a Starbucks, it's Speedway. Uh, yeah, no, right, right when you come over the Rotary, just past, uh, or before you get onto the bridge, <coughs> where the, uh, the 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 liquor store and the Chinese restaurant are. What are you looking at?
1: He's a fuzzy, just kind of flew.
0: Oh, Yeah, I have fuzz all over me because I picked up the cat and she was like, Meer. so this is a very cat heavy episode. <laughs> <Apparently>. um,
1: <laughs> she's just, uh, she's just making herself known.
0: Yeah. And if you've seen like my profile picture, you know how our cats like to be the center of attention. But yeah, Brody is, is one of these guys that, you know, he's like, well, this is how I'm used to doing things. And he's kind of disrupting the status quo and Larry Vaughn, the mayor, and pretty much as they refer to them in the in the movie, the city fathers, nobody wants to close the beaches down because they understand that this is Well,
1: that's their livelihood.
0: Yeah, like it's a death sentence. Like Everybody oh, we might makes be able their to...
1: money during the summer. If they close the beaches, people will go elsewhere.
0: Especially the Fourth of July. Like fourth of July, you know there's a shark. Well then nobody's coming back. Maybe they'll come back in August. Cause you got rid of the shark, but probably by that point not. it's too late. Right, everybody's already left. Um, but yeah, it's basically Memorial Day to Labor Day. Like Memorial Day is when it starts to really ramp up, and then once you're June, July, you know, kids are out, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for school vacation. You get all the college kids. You get like the rich people who have summer homes there. Um, all those folks start, you know, building up their, uh, presence, you know, and places like Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard. Now I'd never been to Nantucket before about a month or so ago and maybe two months at this point. And it's very different on the Island. Um, the roads are very narrow. Most of the roads are fucking cobblestone. There's very few traffic signals and the way they get around that is there's a lot of rotaries, a lot of, lot of rotaries, not a lot of, like, stoplights or anything, which makes sense because, you know, when it's off season, you still want to be able to get where you need to get, you know, fairly quickly. It's about 20 minutes from one side of the island to the other, and, you know, it's not a big place, uh, but in the center of town, especially right by the, uh, the seaport there where the ferry comes, it is... So packed. It is so, like, claustrophobic. And that's what summer dollars will do, because this was in the middle of July, like, or middle of June. Again, I don't remember. Everything's a blur the last couple of months. It had to be the middle of June, because I was in Amherst in the middle of July. Um, It was just so congested and so crowded, and there's bike rentals and car rentals. I think I've seen more Land Rovers and Jeeps on Nantucket than I've ever seen anywhere else.
1: Well, and the thing is, you know, there's constantly a ferry going back and forth too meaning it's constantly bringing boatloads of people literally boatloads of people to the island
0: there are are two ferries and
1: and we see that in the film yeah we see ferries carrying boatloads of people and they're
0: absolutely packed like there's people all outside like on the whole it's like the deck of the titanic when it's disembarking from you know and you can just
1: see the the panic, the anxiety on Chief Brody's face, because you know one of the first things he has to deal with is the idiots the, fishing with dynamite, the, the death of Chrissy Watkins, her partially digested body I you know, remains, I should say, uh, you know her her remains. Um, yeah, washed so, up on shore
0: let me let me see the body uh, hooper says and they have like that little like tupperware the, the bucket yeah it's like yeah here you go it's like what is that like that's barely big enough for a meatloaf you're gonna because tell me there's a teenager what in it? was
1: left when they found the corpse it was being consumed by crabs on crabs. the
0: beach and that's what was left from being eaten by the giant shark
1: Right, right. So that was the first thing that he dealt with. And then he dealt with the pushback from Mayor Larry, who is probably one of the worst people ever.
0: And one of the worst dressers there, I said. Well, it.
1: I mean, it was the 70s, but still the Right, but that excuse. outfit in,
0: the, in Jaws too. Oh,
1: God. I don't know. I, I, like, I didn't realize there were so many different shades of
0: mustard. So the thing with Martin is he has this way of doing things. He has this New York mindset. Like, okay... I am looking to protect people and keep them safe. Everyone else is like, nope, this is how we're doing it. You can't prove that it was a shark. Well, I mean,
1: you know, he was a police officer. He was, you know, uh, took a vow to protect and serve. How can he protect and serve when they won't let him close the beaches?
0: Right. And they'll they'll close it for 24 hours or they'll.
1: Because, I mean, it started with Chrissy. The beaches
0: will be open.
1: And then the next one was Alex Kittner.
0: Yes. Um, they had, you know, the crowded beach. Right, and they were warned. They also had the guys trying to fish for it. They had, because uh, who else? Yeah, because uh, they caught the tiger shark. The A what? what? Uh, he didn't do it, so they got another shark, and then... Or they got the wrong shark and they cut it open and realized, oh, shit, like we're in trouble. And the whole time, you know, in the book, part of the reason why Larry Vaughn is really not too keen on. Um, and we get to see this plot a little bit in uh, Jaws, two. Is they're trying to sell real estate because he's in deep to the mafia, so he figures if he can get these real estate deals, he can skim a little bit off the top, get the money he needs to get the mafia off his back. So you know, that's what he's trying to do. So closing the beach is a terrible idea. No one's going to invest in property in Shark City. Um, but what we what we're trying to. It kind of ties into the the uh, theory of Brody being an alcoholic because no one believes him. Part of it is like, oh, you don't have any proof, even though Hooper's like, yeah, I pulled a tooth the size of a shot glass out of this hull. Oh, you know, this is what happened. Like, look at how this victim is absolutely annihilated. There's no way that a boat propeller did this. Like, what is wrong with you? Like... Everyone's being willfully ignorant because they're like, there's no way that it's a shark. You know, like, oh, let's focus on this vandalism instead. And when they finally realize that it's a shark and like what the issue is, what the problem is, it's too late because two people die on that beach. It's uh, Alex Kittner first. Then it's uh, the guy on the uh, boat trying to see if the kids are okay in the pond. Like, hey, you guys doing okay? And then the shark knocks his boat over and eats him, and you just see his leg float to the bottom.
1: Well, and speaking of the kids in the pond, you know, uh, Brody was. I'm not necessarily adamant about like he was trying to do his job. He's like, hey, we have to close the beaches, and Larry Vaughn's like, no, we don't. You're stupid. We'll we're not going to do that. Uh, and... we're, we'll just we'll just do whatever. Uh, but it wasn't until it affected his kids. His son had almost like a panic attack on the beach uh, because, you know, after the whole um, shark sighting thing.
0: Well, no, Sean watched Sean watched the guy get eaten in well, front of that him. that, too.
1: Yes. But like you he know, went into a,
0: shock. Right. And he was in the water and the shark cruised right by him like I could fuck you up right now, but I'm full of Kittner.
1: <laughs> and that is when Brody like, is like, oh, no, no, now it's personal. Like, now it's personal. Now we're going well, to no. do everything I
0: can do. I, I, nope. To- 100%. 100% not true. If his kid had not, if that had not happened to his kid, if if Michael had been totally fine, they still would have had to close the beach because Alex Kittner got exploded in a right, geyser right. of gore. But what gore. I'm saying
1: is that, like, because he went through all of that with his son, because he was more his pissed, his child was endangered. His child, yeah, his he own was... child, like he, he's, yes, he's he's pissed that no one is taking him seriously, and three lives have been lost at this point. But the fact that his own son I, I, almost had a brush with death with this creature that he has been, you know, talking about and trying to get the beaches closed, you know, for like he was that that is what put him over the edge. See, I think that th- is when, think that's because, incidental because that is what when he kind of went a little crazy
0: he would have done that regardless
1: and that is when he decided that i'm going to go kill this fucking shark we are going to hire quint we are going to pay him all of the it money would have that he wants regardless
0: I, I honestly, it, I think... But Sh-
1: that was the driving force.
0: No. It yes. was, I told you there was a shark, you didn't listen to me, and now the entire fucking yeah, island watched this kid explode yes, in guts. Yes, I mean, yes, that. If, if Sean, I mean, if Michael had never been attacked, if that, if... if <sighs> Michael had been standing on the beach the whole but time. But that gave it, him it, more
1: venom nope, to go out and and. I think and that's it, incidental. I, I disagree.
0: I think he would have done it anyways because like this kid died because he would have if if Michael had been on the on the beach the whole time he would have he would have said something like that could have been my kid that could have been my kid over there that could have been my kid
1: right but it's one thing to say that could have been my kid and, and and there's a difference between that could have been my kid and, and that
0: was almost my kid he's the one who got. Blown. Blamed for it. despite the fact that it's like yeah, I knew there was a shark. I tried closing the beaches, I wanted the beaches closed, close the beach, close the beach, close the beach and they never did it And then you watch the I, honestly I think I get what you're saying, but I don't th- I think that's just incidental. I think he would have had the exact same reaction.
1: I, I think the fact that his own child was put at risk, his own child's safety was put at risk and had to be rushed to the hospital because he was having this panic attack,
0: he was in shock he didn't have a panic attack he went into a catatonic state like he cuz he was in shock he watched someone get eaten
1: and then almost like got eaten himself
0: yeah but brody didn't know that brody just saw the kids towing him back in in a catatonic state i don't know you might be right but i just i feel like he, i know i'm right because when he watched he had more of a reaction to Alex Kitner getting killed, because we even have that great scene of, and I love the way they do the Sam Raimi does this a lot, like the the, the like hand too. It's like you're pulling the the camera back, but you're zooming in at the same time to like really give that like <sighs> like something's like that. Because that's when he flipped out and... Right, because
1: he knew that was going to happen. He knew something like that could happen with a shark out there and nobody cared.
0: And they're like, oh, the shark's in the pond. Because that that was after. And they're like, oh, the shark's in the pond. Because it wasn't the same time. So Kittner died. And then they caught the tiger shark. And they're like, oh yeah, it's definitely the tiger shark. The tiger shark did it. And he's like, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. And then... Hooper does the dissection. The autopsy. Yeah. Yes. And of
1: the stomach. Finds the Louisiana license plate. Yes. And not much else.
0: A couple of fish chunks.
1: Yeah, but, but, no, but no, no child. No,
0: yeah, no Alex Kittner. And no Chrissy Watkins. So, they open the beaches, and the kids come in with the fake shark fin. Even though they know... That there's still a great white out there. And it's not the tiger shark. It's the great white. And because I was, for whatever reason, probably because I'm too tired, I was conflating the two scenes like they happened together. Well,
1: I mean, it's the same, like, scenery. For it's on a the, lot of the these. Beach. It's the yeah. same beach. It's it's. But like, it takes place he, on uh, a beach. There's water. It's it. it all looks the same. He almost
0: doesn't even react. He's like, you know what? Just go in the go in the pond. You'll be fine. And then that the girl who's painting is like, there's a shark in it's the it's pond. There's a shark. And he's like, oh my god, it's yeah, whatever, whatever. And then after no one listening to him and somebody else getting killed that's when he's like, you know what? God damn it. Like, let's fucking do this.
1: And that's where, this is where I- They should have
0: I, made Larry Vaughn go out on that boat too.
1: Uh, well, eh, they're probably be- better off that they didn't because I, I they, they probably all would have been dead. I yeah, could have thrown
0: him in the water, use him instead of a barrel.
1: <laughs> use him as chum <laughs> instead. Trying to kill
0: him with sobriety. You're
1: my best chum. Whee! Overboard. uh but Brody, it's, it's funny because when he's on the orca with Quint and Hooper, and obviously Quint and Hooper are at odds until they have this bonding moment where they decide to compare scars, and they're both you know getting shamammered. They're all drunk at this point. They've had interactions with the shark and throughout that day. Brody
0: is seasick because if you look at the three plates, Brody is still full of food. Although based on whatever the hell was on that plate, I probably wouldn't have eaten it either. But Hooper and and Quint ate all their food.
1: But here's the thing, you know, uh, Brody does not have his sea legs.
0: He, he he does. He's been on the. He was out on the boat. But, with, what's his name?
1: Uh, yeah, but he doesn't have his sea legs in he the also, same sense that Quint and Hooper did. Well, no. You know, Quint is this seasoned fisherman who has brought home many a trophy and Hooper is a marine biologist.
0: Right. But I mean, and Brody has gone out on the water. He well, just doesn't like, I think that's part of, part he doesn't have his sea legs and part he's too nervous about being on the water and he knows if he eats something, he'll throw up. Because he doesn't, I mean, he's able to chum the shit without being sick or being nauseous. But... You know, when he's able to operate on the boat perfectly fine.
1: Well, I mean, it's also the fact that they had been drinking too. Maybe he didn't eat because he drank too much.
0: You'd wanna you'd didn't, wanna didn't absorb wanna get some of yeah, that.
1: though. He Regardless, he's definitely the neophyte of the group when it comes to how oh, yeah. seasoned the other two are and how at home they are with the ship. Well, that's
0: where they that's where they're from. They're from places being on the water. Like, you know, Quint Quint was in the navy. Like, you know, he...
1: I mean, he gives that whole USS Indianapolis speech. Which is the greatest
0: monologue in the history of, of cinema. But yeah, like, they... This is second nature to them.
1: You know, one of my he... favorite scenes is when the two of them are comparing scars and Brody decides that he wants to play, too, and lifts up his shirt. And you see this, like, you know, scar from maybe like an appendicitis or something like that or append- appendectomy. appendectomy uh, that's what it's called for an appendicitis. I know things, uh, you know, and then immediately just puts his shirt back down. And he's like, oh, it's not impressive. And again, according
0: <laughs> to the uh, according to the, the theory that he's a drunk. And that's, you know, he was quietly shipped off from New York to Amity. Although, I would argue it's way easier to hide a bad cop in New York than it is when he's one of three cops.
1: Right. Isn't there this whole theory that he was shipped off because there was some, he was drunk on the job and there was some sort of accident that he was involved with. And the theory is that's actually what that scar was from. Yes. And the reason why he, he you know, he wanted to play two and then realized, oh, well, well because I'll, he didn't want to have to explain it.
0: I'll post the video in the group so people can see what we're talking about. It's a pretty compelling theory. But uh, And it's from several years ago uh, on the old Cracked uh, YouTube channel. But Brody is a guy who he does take his job seriously, which is why he's the one who goes with Hooper out onto the Orca with Quint. You know, he has no real experience. He wants to make
1: sure that the job gets done. He wants to to be successful. He wants to, you know, ideally bring the shark back and say, here, see, I I told you it was a big shark. It was
0: bigger than what you imagined. you know, I'm not some drunk fuck-up. This is, you know, this is real. Like, this actually happened. This, you know, I have a corroborating witness, although in the book... He's the only one who makes it. Um,
1: Well, and I guess initially um, they were going to... So obviously they removed the whole affair with Ellen Brody from the film because it really didn't lend itself to the characters well. all the characters were... And they made the characters so much more likable. Well, that's the thing. Spielberg read the book that Peter Benchley wrote and flat out said they're is no there's no character in this book that has any redeeming qualities. And Quinn you know,
0: barely speaks.
1: And, you know, for the most part he was rooting for the shark. He I'm didn't want for that the shark too. He didn't want the film to be like that. So he obviously made the characters a lot more likable and, you know, put certain scenes in there, like the buddy scene, you know, the the, the drunk singing and whatnot, you know, the sea shanties, uh to kind of get you on board get you invested make you like these people because you want them to succeed you know the bad guys are the politicians involved it's larry vaughn the fucking mayor who won't do his goddamn job you know yeah the reporter um all of the people who are putting their capitalistic interests over the well-being of you know everybody who visits amity um you know, so uh, I think they did a really good job of, of kind of uh, rectifying that situation. Um, but you're really rooting for these three men and obviously we know what happens to Quint. Um, but originally they were going to have Hooper die in the cage as well. And apparently there was a whole dummy made up and, and everything and, and Spielberg kind of changed his mind.
0: Yeah, um, I think they went with the right path and really the only reason why, uh, Spielberg and, um, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Who? Dreyfus. Richard uh, Dreyfus. I'm Richard Dreyfus. I don't need this. I was in Jaws. Um, the reason why those two weren't in it is because they were doing, um, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind.
1: Well, that's why they weren't in the second film.
0: Right. That's what, you know, uh, we were talking about last night and, I think had they come back, it definitely, uh, definitely would have been a lot better. It would have been a l- much better story. Uh, Not that Geno Swar did not do a great job. No, but but, uh, I mean,
1: you know, coming off of the heels of the first film where four years later, where uh, Brody is the hero. He is the one who kills the shark. And obviously we know that Mythbusters busted the myth that, you know, he could blow up the oxygen tank or the air tank or whatever. Yeah. Oxygen tank for the most part. Air tank. Compressed air. Yeah. you know, that it would make the shark explode. But it is such a cool ending, you know, when he's sitting there and this boat is sinking and he's got the gun and he's got it caught loaded and ready to go and he's taken a couple of shots and it's missed and he's missed and all of a sudden he says, smile, you son of a bitch. And you know bl- he yeah, he does.
0: He says, smile, you son of a... doesn't say bitch. He says, "Smile, you son of a." And then he shoots. It's it.
1: implied. Well, it's implied, but it's he doesn't implied. say. It's implied. It's implied.
0: Implied, or implode.
1: Oh. But yeah, it's definitely uh, you know, better. And, and it's Brody far superior Hooper, to the book ending
0: where you know, the shark dies of exhaustion and sinks.
1: Right, you know, and Brody and Hooper you know swim off into the sunset together using the barrels. Yes, using the barrels that were once attached attached to the shark. They way You know their way to back. to go back to to amity and the day is saved you know so in the second film it's been four years because and we know this because chief brody becomes not chief brody and he says something along the lines of you know four years you know down the drain
0: yeah something along. you know in his
1: depressed drunk state
0: and nothing like a depressant to chase the blues away. But, yeah, he's... Uh...
1: But, again, it's it's the same premise of the first one. You know, there's the shark, you know, uh, there's an attack. Right away, Chief Brody, Martin Brody, is seeing all of these warning signs. He's ha- having flashbacks, like, oh, it's happening Not again. Not until he
0: sees the, uh, the whale. When he sees the whale, because, you know, the explosion where the shark... A
1: whale?
0: A whale... It was either a great white or another killer whale. Um, yeah, where the, the the whale washes up with all the huge bites in it. Um, because they're trying to figure out what happened. And they have the camera that they found underwater, even though they didn't find the divers. They're like, what's going on? This is all wacky and crazy. Whoop-de-doop-de-doo. And then they finally get the film developed and everyone's like, oh, what are we looking at? See? He's like, that's a fucking shark. It's a shark's eye. It's black like Like a doll's eye eye. and they're like no that's seaweed also you're fired because you're crazy there's no way we have a shark it's like
1: were you not here well i mean it's not just that it's because he opened fired on a school of fish that made a formation that looked like a shark on the
0: beach which funnily enough just happened off the coast of new england uh within the last few days a bunch of uh, scientists thought they were picking up a 50 foot megalodon because that's the shape that these Atlantic mackerel were in this school if you look at the radar picture it looks like a fuzzy outline of a giant shark oh wow and it kept getting closer and they're like oh my god like they were like calculating the size and the mass and the weight and everything and they're like oh my god this thing's huge then it all broke apart and turned out it was just mackerel but I've been everyone who posted this story. I've been posting that it's bluefish. It's only bluefish <laughs> because he had tipped his bullets with cyanide. He got hollow point bullets, and he took a, a a syringe, filled it with cyanide, and like dripped little bits into it, and then coated it with wax, which is very similar to the syringe. Uh, obviously. Uh, Hooper had strychnine, but uh, cyanide strychnine, I think he said it. Uh, So, because he couldn't get Hooper, because Hooper was in the Antarctic studying, I don't know. Aliens. Alien versus predators uh, and the thing. So, while he was down there doing that, uh, Brody had to kind of rely on the resources that he had which in this Wait, case was his memory but again
1: like kudos to him for you know I mean he may be
0: a drunk but he's a smart one he's resourceful I wouldn't say smart because well, I mean, if you he, know, were he smart, paid
1: attention and you know he remembered things and you know in instead of panicking he's like hey he does. I can he do this he drinks and he remembers he, things yes
0: <laughs> but yeah Brody is is one of those characters that I really like and We don't get to see him in any of the other films, uh, because the third one's really a non-sequel. Although we do see Ellen Brody in the fourth one, and Ellen Brody is a character you're gonna see pop up uh, over our spooky season. Um, she talks about, you know, she talks to the kids, and she's, you know, she she says the line. You know, that's what killed your father. And he's like, and Michael's like, no, no, no. Dad died of a heart attack. She goes, fear. Like, it was the fear of it that killed him. That's what, because he dealt with it twice, and the stress was so intense that, um, like, they don't really get into it in the movie, but, like, the backstory is kind of like the stress was so much, like, it put him in an early grave because he was just. Similar to the bluefish thing, like, he, every time something happened, he was like, <gasps> is that a shark? <gasps> Am I going to have to deal with this again? Are people going to believe me? Well, Am- I mean,
1: did he get his job back as chief of police?
0: I would have to reread Jazz the Revenge, the novelization, but Sean ends up being a police officer. Because
1: so. I would assume that after his heroic acts at the end of the second film, where he saves all
0: of those children from the shark and explains to everybody and everyone's like yeah there was a shark especially after they towed Tina in
1: who is useless not as useless as the cousin
0: Jackie ah, yay. I saw
1: someone get eaten I'm so traumatized
0: she saw a lot of people oh my get eaten God. And then the kid from Christine uh but yeah the, the But if you're Brody, do you want that job back? I would just be like, you know what? I'll take my pension. Just pay me and I will sit at home and I will drink. Because that's all. Then, like, that's probably what put him in an early grave. The drinking, the depression, the anxiety, the stress. That's what ultimately killed uh, Martin Brody. And he left his wife and two kids. And you could tell how the kids took it because Michael, the older son, became a marine biologist in Bermuda or somewhere in the Caribbean. Uh, and Kokomo. Kokomo, yes. Uh, we'll we, get
1: there fast, and then we, we'll take it slow.
0: He was there with the biatch boys. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce <laughs> that, that That is word.
1: exactly how you pronounce it.
0: And Sean became a, uh, an Amity police officer. You know, probably because it's one of those, like, oh, it's a small town. Everybody knows you. Everybody knows who your dad was. Yeah, you get the job.
1: Well, I mean, and at that point, you know, I would assume that. But he got it at like that 19. The dinosaurs had died off. <coughs> Larry Vaughn. <coughs> I don't think
0: Larry Vaughn was dead at that point, but. Or
1: at least removed from office.
0: But probably. I would, uh, hope. I, I would have to rewatch it. It's been a while, but if I'm trying to recall. It might have been Larry Jr.
1: Of course. I mean, it's
0: one of these small communities where... Oh, nepotism. I mean, Sean's a cop. Sean's a cop. One of, like, three on the island, so... But that was 10 years later, so, yeah, I think Sean got the job as a cop at, like, 19. If I remember correctly, I might be misremembering, but we'll have to watch those over the next you know, couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I think that's a pretty good spot to...
1: I was going to say, Martin Brody is one of those characters that you can't help but root for. And it doesn't help that Roy Scheider is just running around looking like a snack on Amity.
0: Yeah, with his shirt half open half the time, the perfect tan. Well,
1: you know what? It was actually going to be Charlton Heston.
0: Who would have run he around was, looking well, exactly of the same. Well, he was up
1: for the role. the uh, role. And Spielberg thought that the he got the part, because the was always the one who played the heroic character.
0: Yeah, he would there
1: be state of the state not the state of the state of the state of the not of the state of the state they, the will they? won't of of course, Charlton Heston is going to, uh, live. You know, he's not gonna die. Of course he's gonna be victorious. And he didn't want that. You know, he wanted there to be, you know, some some air of suspense, some you know, uh there to be, you know, some maybe Is Robert maybe, Shaw gonna be
0: the hero? Right. Or, Robert or Shaw are are they like, all
1: gonna die, you know? Robert like, Shaw
0: was like the big name at that point, you know. Um and then he fled to Canada. Well I was
1: gonna say they had to uh fly him to Canada. Canada every weekend because uh, tax evasion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He had to avoid extradition. Um, but yeah, so I think that's going to wrap up our, our talk about Brody. I mean, there's a lot more that we could probably say, but it's just kind of beginning to kind of going to be a rehash I, of what we've already talked about.
1: Thank you christ that they did not follow the books to a T. like thank god that the it was just source material it provided an idea and they decided to go in a completely different direction because oh my god those books
0: suck well you haven't read any of them but i've told you what's happened but yeah it's they're not particularly well written either and one of peter benchley's biggest regrets is that he created quint and after this movie there was an explosion in uh shark fishing which has helped lead to the dwindling population of sharks like there are millions of sharks killed every year by humans and there are seven humans killed every year by sharks so just to give you that idea so we're gonna wrap this up Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to uh, wrap things up, give you a little bit of a preview of what's coming down the pipeline hey what's going on i'm steven and i'm ron and we're the hosts of the super retro throwback reviews audio podcast if you like to hear the latest pop culture news with some smart ass commentary
1: as well as the latest movie reviews then check us out
0: also we're a multi-award nominated podcast so we're doing something right god knows how that happened so check us out on all major podcasts and distributors and check out super retro throwback reviews on all social media platforms and we are back. I hope you enjoyed that conversation about uh, Martin Brody. Uh, I know it was a little all over the place, but that's because, you know, you got to kind of set the mood about where where it takes place, what that's actually like, how that affects uh, the characters, you know, how real life affects the art, um, you know, the people around him. You know, it's tough to talk about just one character without talking about the characters around them. Like, that's always one of the most difficult things because... You know,
1: well, in this instance, the the dichotomy of the area around him is what is affecting well, I mean, him a lot.
0: That's every like I was gonna say about like every character is defined. Like Batman is defined by his villains. You know, like Spider Man is defined by you know the sacrifices he makes and the villains that he fights. Like that's usually how superheroes work. Superheroes are only as good as the villains that they fight or the challenges that they overcome. So, and that's true with characters, like when we talked about Kevin McAllister, we had to talk about his family, we had to talk about, you know, the the Mr. Murphy, and we had to talk about the wet bandits, because <laughs> him by himself, he's just a self-centered jerk who's mean to his family. It's the circumstances and the 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 characters around him that make him who he is, and that's true of pretty much anyone. So... Uh, We wanted to wrap things up by uh, doing a science and wine fact, but you don't quite have wine. Well, no, but I do have a booze to talk about. This is a science and cider fact.
1: It is a cider fact. Uh, So you may recall around this time last year, I talked about a specific cider uh cider their cider donut flavor it is a fall seasonal flavor and guess what kids it's back yes uh much to our surprise we walked into the grocery store uh with all the intention you're know, walking towards the uh liquor aisle um with the intentions of purchasing some wine and there was a huge display just boxes upon boxes upon boxes of cider donut just glowing basking in the neon lights of the grocery store and i just i let out an audible squeal because i was so excited this stuff is phenomenal uh you may recall when we spoke about this last year that it was kind of like the quest for the holy grail for us we had heard about it the previous year we looked for it couldn't find it and made it our mission last year that we were going to we were going to scourge the face of our local area (laughs) and then some and try to find it and we found it and we're hooked honestly it's one of my favorite non-wine things to to drink and obviously you know we've partaken of several down east ciders i've spoken about it during our my not our but my line section uh and it's back so to refresh your memory uh down east cider they are a small batch uh they are a cidery that makes their cider in small batches which you can definitely tell and it makes a difference
0: cidery or cider house
1: uh, I'm sure. I think
0: Cider House sounds better. I, I like Cider, Cider cider-y, House rules.
1: Distillery. Cidery. Winery.
0: I think Cider House rules.
1: Brewery. It's, uh, I like the, I like the oories. Ooeries. Ooeries. Uh, but, anyways, the description is cinnamon, brown sugar, and vanilla with a fresh pressed cider backbone. Come for the apple, stay for the donut. Have you ever had a really good cider donut where you bite into it and immediately your tongue gets that hint of the the cinnamon mixed with like that powdered sugar that Lightly graces the outside of the cider donut, and then there's a little bit of a crunch to the donut on the outside, just this nice, delicate crust on the outside of the donut. And then as you bite in more, you get that. It's a it's a really interesting sensation because it's equal parts crumbly but it's so moist like it crumbles in your mouth but it doesn't dry out your mouth you know it's it's so delightful and confusing and just all around wonderful when you take a sip of this cider you get all of those layers of the cider donut and then what's bizarre i mean i i don't know how they did it it leaves you on the back of the palate. With a taste of powdered sugar. So obviously like the cinnamon that they use, it's real cinnamon. It's not that, you know, fake red hot fireball cinnamon. Uh, So it doesn't have like that, that harsh spice to it. It's just so nice. And then you get to the, the apples part and, Uh, A little bit of a tartness to the apples, which honestly, I I really like, I prefer, but not overly tart. There's definitely an underlying sweetness of everything, but it's not too sweet. And the way that everything just kind of marries on your tongue, it's just, it's so good. And it leaves you with this taste of just powdered sugar. And I don't know how they do it, but it is so good. It must be like the combination of like the vanilla and cinnamon in there that just kind of hits you again. So you get that initially and then this big rush of apple flavor. And then you're left with this just nice, delightful, lightly cinnamon, powdered sugar flavor. And it is so so good. It is so good. I cannot recommend this enough. It is down east... Their cider donut cider, it is phenomenal, and I think they've caught on to the fact that a lot of people like it because we've seen it everywhere. So especially if you're, if and you're in the...
0: huge n- quantities, I
1: was gonna say huge. if you're in the Northeast, you're probably gonna be able to find it. Um, if Definitely not, in Massachusetts, you can find them. You can Google them. Down East cider, uh, I think they might ship i'm not 100 sure but it's definitely worth looking up it is so good like it's such a it's such a fall treat and with all of these you know i'm a pumpkin spice girl i love i mean i use pumpkin spice year-round it always smells like fall in here but uh there's something about the way that this pairs so well with all of the pumpkin-y spicy things that come out around fall it's just it is so good Yeah, And for me, like, it's a really great transition drink. So when you're coming off of, like, the super fruity flavors of the summer, not quite ready for, you know, the darker, bolder, spicier flavors of, of winter, you know, or, you know, colder fall, I should say, um it's really nice marriage you still have that nice fruity flavor from the apples but with just like almost like just a kiss of fall in it it's perfect i love it i'm so excited that it's back already we were able to find it what a couple weeks like a week ago a couple weeks ago last week um you know and we it's went just twice and got it it's it's pretty much it'll be it's what i will be drinking for uh pretty much until i can't find it anymore <laughs> I so right, every time I go to the store I'm just going to get some and, and try to stock up as much as possible. Yeah, we've
0: the last couple of times we've gone, we've picked up two uh, each time.
1: They come in these delightful little four packs. I wish they came in like one of the larger like nine packs that they sometimes come with. Um but yeah, it's it's so good. I cannot there recommend it. There is another enough.
0: kind called Deep Summer that we have not tried that is a pineapple coconut oh.
1: that I'm
0: seeing on their website. You can order from them. Um,
1: Do they ship?
0: Yes, that's what I'm saying. You can order from them. Okay. Uh, So yes, they do ship. You just have to make sure that you live in a state where you can receive alcohol. Um, So I have a fun shark fact today that I don't think I've ever used on either this show or Shark Bites, which there will be a new Shark Bites episode uh, as well this week, so make sure you check that out. It's my interview with author A.G. Riddle. Uh, we discuss his book lost in time, which is fucking amazing. Like, you know, talking about twists, there was a part that I got up to in like the third act that made me audibly yell out what, because I was astonished and it was amazing. Um, we talk about that book. We talk about some of his other projects as well as his, uh, long con to just sell griddles. So if you want to know what that's all about, check out this week's uh, episode of Shark Bites, the first one in about a year. It's been a long time. But uh, we got a new one this week and another one coming up next week. So check those out. Um, You're going to be interviewing a lot of authors and a lot of of folks coming up. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, But yeah, my shark fact is... Sharks have very interesting digestive systems. If they, you know, and as we see, some of them will eat license plates. You know, Quint saw one eat a rocking chair once. Uh, if they eat something that they are unable to digest, very similar to frogs, they are able to vomit up their entire stomach uh, and kind of expel the... Uh, detritus that is uh, causing them indigestion. They can pump their own stomach? Pretty much. Because they're, they're, their system doesn't, uh, their digestive system is much different from ours where we have to chew and swallow. They can just, uh, well, they open their mouth and it's a straight shot down to their stomach. There's no like going around and twisting and turning the way ours. I mean, there is, you know, obviously intestines and, and stuff that break everything down, but it's not the same. uh, We're like, we have to actively swallow. They just kind of chomp and it just slides down their throat. So it's a little different. Um, And their digestive system, obviously, like when they're eating a seal, they can digest that over a period of like a month. They have a very slow digestive system. So one big meal will last them a month which is a very good uh, survival adaptation. So uh, that is my shark fact for this week. So next week, we're going to be starting our spooky stuff. Um, Although I guess you could call, you know, considering we're talking about Jaws being, you know, scary and people jumping and even you jumping, because there are some horror elements to this. We're going to be starting our, uh, so technically we're starting this week, But we're going to be uh, really delving into it next week. What did did you call it?
1: Yeah, so this year we're going to be doing something a little different. Sometimes we like to have themes to our uh, spooky season conversations. And this year we are covering tropes and ideas in horror and the characters that encapsulate those schemes.
0: Yes, uh, we have some unconventional things for you
1: so next week we will be visiting the topic of the final girl
0: and it's gonna be
1: it's going to be an interesting conversation
0: yes because we're not just gonna stick with the usual like oh sydney prescott from scream oh and like you know we're gonna try and come up with some unconventional ones yeah
1: we're really gonna delve into what actually makes up a final girl what constitutes a final girl and who could actually be considered final girls
0: right because there were a couple there's a couple of candidates that i thought of uh who maybe stretch the limits of the definition
1: right stretch not only the definition of what a final girl is but the definition of horror Uh,
0: um no it's not the one that you're that i told you about off the air it's uh different ones but,
1: uh, but we'll also be doing what I just said. Well, no, no, there's that. But like, <laughs> y- y-
0: I, I, think you think uh, I was discussing that one that I have on my list. But that's not who I'm. I'm talking about someone else that's not on the list that just kind of was kicking around earlier today. But uh, so that's what we got coming up. Um, if you want to share your own thoughts on these subjects, please give us a, a an email. Or a Facebook message or leave a comment in our uh, Facebook group. Uh, You can email us at throwdownthursdaypodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. And uh, I think with that being said, we We will will see you next Thursday.
1: Thursday. Show me the way to go Go home.
0: home. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. I had a little drink about an hour ago and it went right to my head.
1: Wherever I may roam, on land or sea or... phone? The
0: phone. The phone.
1: <laughs> You'll always
0: catch me singing,
1: singing a song. song. Show me the way, way to, to go, go home.
0: home. And with that... We're going home and going to bed.
1: Good thing we are home. I
0: know. Bed's right over there. All right, we'll see you next week, everybody. Bye.